0: So as I mentioned at the start, and as some of you will know, we have been working our way through a sermon series, looking at the different names for God that we find in the Bible. And today we come to the name Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. (coughs) And peace is something that we find ourselves longing for, isn't it? We might jet off to a sunny holiday destination for a week of peace and rest. But then all too soon it's over and we have to return back to the busyness of daily life. We might cry out, just leave me in peace, if we're feeling overwhelmed by the demands and requests of others. We might long for the peace of a long hot bath with a good book in one hand and maybe a glass of something special in the other, but even that, sadly, doesn't last. Today on Remembrance Sunday, we remember with gratitude all those who have given their lives in the First and Second World Wars and in armed conflicts right up to the present time so that we might live in peace But as we look at the world around us, we see that there is still turmoil rather than peace in so many ways. We see the turmoil of ongoing wars in the Ukraine, in Syria, in Afghanistan, in Yemen, to name but a few. We see the turmoil of disasters, such as people being crushed to death in Seoul or a bridge collapsing in India. We see turmoil in our own country too, as prime ministers come and go, and the cost of living rises, putting unsustainable pressure on the finances of so many. And we see turmoil in our own lives too, as many struggle with illness, anxiety, pressures of work, caring responsibilities for friends and family, and so much more. Is it truly possible to find a lasting peace in the midst of this turmoil? Can Yahweh Shalom, the Lord of Peace, make a real difference not only in our own hearts but also in our broken worlds? Let's turn to the story of Gideon that we've just heard read to find out. We join the people of Israel when they have been settled in the Promised Land for some time. But their life is not easy they've become trapped in a cycle where they rebel against God, succumbing to the influence of other people groups in the land and worshipping and serving other gods. God then gives them over into the hands of their enemies for a time as punishment, until eventually the people realise that they've done wrong and cry out to God in repentance. A judge or a leader is then raised up to save the people from the hands of their enemies. But when the judge dies... Eventually, the cycle repeats itself again and again and again. And at the beginning of chapter six of Judges, God has given the people over into the hands of the Midianites, who are destroying their crops and killing their livestock, impoverishing the people. In their distress, they cry out to the Lord. God responds in two ways. Firstly, at the start of our reading, we heard about the anonymous prophet who is sent to remind the people how God brought them out of slavery in Egypt and how he calls them to live, a call which they have failed to obey. Second, the angel of the Lord comes to speak to Gideon. Did you notice how the angel greets Gideon? He says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, at this point, Gideon has done nothing worthy of being called a mighty warrior. He does later lead God's people to victory, but that's a bit of a spoiler alert for later on. We're right at the beginning of the story here. He looks like the exact opposite of a mighty warrior at this point. We meet him threshing wheat in a wine press. Now, I'm not an expert on threshing wheat, but I'm told that a wine press is not where you would usually choose to thresh wheat. He made a choice to thresh his wheat in secret, away from prying eyes, to try and protect his wheat from the Midianite attackers, some sort of mighty warrior he's looking like. But God tells Gideon that he has a calling for him, to save the people of Israel from the Midianites. Gideon, though, is not sure. And he responds by throwing questions back at God Why has God let all this happen to us? Why has God abandoned us? Who am I to take on this huge task? And then finally, God give me a sign that this is really you speaking to me. The request for a sign is partly answered when God sends fire to consume the bread and the meat that Gideon prepares to feed the angel, as we heard. But later on, we didn't read this bit, but there's another story that some of us might be familiar with where Gideon puts out a fleece on the ground and prays that God would make the fleece dry and the ground wet. And then he asks a second time for the other way round as a sign that God is really with him. So Gideon has this amazing encounter with God, but then the penny drops and it dawns on him that no one can see God face to face and live. Hmm. This is the point at which God speaks peace to Gideon. Verse 23, the Lord said to him, peace, do not be afraid, you are not going to die. Now the Midianites haven't been defeated yet. The conflict is still ongoing, but this is the point where God speaks peace to Gideon. And Gideon responds by building an altar to God to worship Yahweh Shalom, the Lord of Peace, before he even considers engaging in the battle. The story of Gideon shows us that true peace, God's peace, is not the absence of conflict. Rather, it is a deep sense of well being, of shalom, that can be found irrespective of our circumstances, whether or not there is conflict and turmoil raging around us. So, how can we find this shalom peace? Isaiah 26 verse 3 tells us that God will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in God. This peace is a gift from God, which is offered to all who place their hope and their trust in him. When Jesus was speaking to his disciples on the night before he died, he was realistic about the troubles they would face after his death and yet he still promises his peace. John 16:33. I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Those troubles that Jesus alludes to are still a present reality for so many in today's world. We considered earlier the turmoil that can be so prevalent in our own lives, in this country, and around the world. But Jesus offers us his perfect peace, even in the midst of those troubles. On Remembrance Sunday, we give thanks for all those who laid down their lives in war and conflict on our behalf. But today is also a chance to remember and give thanks for the one who laid down his life on the cross to overcome the troubles and turmoils of this world once for all. In him, we can truly know this deep shalom peace, regardless of what is going on around us in the world. Now, we can't control much of what goes on around us, but we do have a choice how we respond. So when we feel overwhelmed by what we see on the news or by what is going on in our own lives... Will we allow the anxiety to fill our hearts? Or will we turn our gaze to Yahweh Shalom, the one who offers us his peace? Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4 Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I'd like to finish by telling a story. One day, two artists were commissioned to paint a picture of peace. The one who painted the best picture was going to win a quarter of a million pounds. So as you might imagine, they both set out to paint the best picture they could. The first artist got to work He created a serene picture of a lake with the sun glistening off it at just the right angle to sparkle across the top of the water. The purest blue shade topped the water, perfectly complementing the blue sky. The artist added a young girl skipping by the side of the lake with a yellow balloon tied to her wrist. Trees towered gracefully on one side of the lake with birds gathering in their branches. After completing the painting, the artist leant back and took a deep breath of satisfaction. In his mind, he had painted a perfect portrayal of peace, and he was sure to win the prize. The second artist, though, had a different idea in mind. In his painting, the sky was pitch black, lightning zigzagged through the air in unpredictable movements. This painter also had water, But the waves in his picture roared ferociously. Trees were bent and bowed in the wind. The painting looked like a picture of disaster. But right down in the bottom left-hand corner of the painting, on the very edge of the scene, a little bird stood on a rock. It had its mouth open, singing a beautiful song. A faint light shone down on the bird as it sang, despite the situation swirling all about it. The second painter won the competition. The judges chose him as the winner because he showed the truest manifestation of peace, a well-being that resonates from within, despite whatever is going on all around. That is the peace that is offered us by Yahweh Shalom. The Lord is our peace. So whatever situations we are facing now or may face in the future, may we know that peace that passes all understanding deep in our hearts this Remembrance Sunday and in the days to come. Amen.